papers are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I'm Brian Hyde and my job here twice a week is to call out some of the more obvious instances of media bias and, and more than anything to encourage you to question, what else aren't they telling me? Now, some of you I realize are joining in for the first time. You've heard about this either through people saying, hey, have you checked this out lately? Or you've heard people say, this guy is absolutely dangerous. And do not listen to whatever he says under any conditions. So, I look, I'll leave it up to you to make up your mind. If you find something of value, if you find information that is useful in helping you uh, shape a more informed worldview, I would ask you, please let your friends know, let people know that uh, this is a resource available for people who want to think beyond just simply what uh, legacy media is willing to tell you. Now, if you're one of those people who decides, oh, this guy is legitimately a nutcase and dangerous and nobody on earth should be listening well, then i would think you better tell every single person you know about this program seriously do it warn them let them know and by the way if you have complaints i'm willing to hear your complaints i'm willing to give them a fair hearing i want you to just write them on a 20 dollars bill send them to me care of the idaho freedom foundation thank you by the way it's a tactable donation if if you're interested all right that said haha let's uh, let's talk for a for a person to serve in public if they are conservative. Case in point, I just saw this video. Um, I'm, I'm not going to share the video with you just because it's it's actually quite long and, and it's so catty. I mean, someone, please get these ladies a saucer of milk. But uh, future superintendent for West Bonner County School District, Brandon Durst, addressed a crowd outside the district office a couple of days ago. He answered a wide array of questions from citizens in pre accompanied and, you know, some of these questions were, I think, uh, very reasonable. Some of them were just, I mean, it, this is what struck me. There was, uh, there was this almost irresistible urge, some of the people there who were, were there clearly as activists, to turn this not into a question and answer, not into a press conference even, but to turn it into a struggle session, which is a favorite tactic of leftists. They just, you know, you have to confess your sins against party dogma. You must confess your sins and how sorry you are, and we will punish you and we will ridicule you until we are good and satisfied with it. But in the end, you must be broken and you must be deconstructed. That's that's what struggle sessions are all about. Now, I have to give credit to Brandon for, for not, first of all, for not being antagonistic. He was fielding some extremely antagonistic questions. And it was clear that there, there were people there who showed up specifically for the purpose of, I'm here to play gotcha, I'm here to make you look bad. He never fell for their game. He never allowed it to become an actual struggle session, though it wasn't for lack of trying on the part of some of these activists out there who were grilling him. See, they seem to have made up their minds that uh, somehow, you know, with without without any knowledge other than the fact that, well, he worked for the Idaho Freedom Foundation and he does favor freedom and, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of in favor of school choice. And basically the, the fact that Brandon has some conservative principles, that's enough in their minds to condemn his him as an abject failure and absolutely, you know, intolerable. How could we ever allow something like this to happen to our children, our children? Well, <laughs> our children in the communist sense. So there were a couple of uh, comments that were that were popping up on Twitter. I thought were especially on target. This was this was one of them. 
John Grubb said, you know, some people are big mag over big mad rather over Brandon Durst's new pending position as superintendent. So John suggested, since the current system works so well, LOL, why don't you give it six or to nine months and see how this district compares to others? Now he says, I'm betting parents will see a big improvement. Okay, I think that's actually fair. And and look, I would say this even if this was uh, if this was somebody who was a left wing superintendent, if they're coming in with new ideas, okay, well let's see if your ideas pan out. What are they promising? How well do they deliver on their promise? You know, let's at least give it a chance. No, these these ladies were not about to. But Brian Allman, I think, zeroes in on one of the reasons why. It's it's because this isn't about we're trying to do what's right by our kids and we just can't afford any new you know any new ideas coming in. He says the leftists and their Republican enabler, enablers fear that uh, Brandon Durst is going to fail. I mean, they want him to fail, but their fear above that is that he will succeed. I mean, what if he comes in there? What if he shows how conservative principles can actually help the school system? Ooh, that's going to that's gonna be a lot harder to explain away. So they're trying to preemptively, you know, well, tell us about how you're going to resign. Put it in right. Tell us exactly the minute that you get word whether you get this provisional, uh, you know, accreditation certificate or not. It all comes down to power. And that is nakedly apparent when you see the, the anger that, that some of these activists bring to the table. There's nothing reasoned or rational about what they're doing. And again, I got to give Brandon, you know, some credit here. He stayed reasonable. He, he refrained from getting sucked into being antagonistic back toward them. And they didn't get the struggle session that they wanted, which really ticked them off. But, you know, somehow I guess we'll all have to find a way to, to sleep tonight, knowing that uh, someone out there is upset because of differing opinions. Wow. What a tragedy. So North Idaho College has also been in the news quite a bit over the last few months. Now, I'll admit, I have not followed this as closely. There were other more important topics that came up, but I have seen this on the periphery and in the news headlines off and on for really quite some time. And, and enough that, uh, that when, when I hear North Idaho College, I almost immediately associate the words embattled North Idaho College. And my understanding, incomplete as it is, is that uh, there are some new elected conservative members of the Board of Trustees. But this is a school that apparently has been occupied by hardcore leftists for some time. They cannot abide the idea of, of someone with, without their same dogmatic point of view having a place at the table. And so uh, I got to gotta give credit here to Idaho Tribune for, for calling them out and, and pointing out that their mask is slipping. Whoops, someone should let the North Idaho Republicans, that's a, that's a Facebook group, know that their mask is slipping. For those not in the know, that's a fake group of insiders, Democrats, women for Biden, and corrupt ex-representatives that are falsely pretending to be Republicans. So here's some of the evidence to, to further bear that out. Now, this is kind of hard to see, but here's the Facebook page for North Idaho Republicans. Blah, blah, blah. We believe in community and others, lots of words and catchphrases that are designed to give you warm fuzzies and make you think you have something in common with us. Facebook, however, requires some degree of transparency. And over there on the left-hand side, see where that circle is? Friends of NIC, friends of North Idaho College. Whoa, what? Let's get a little closer look at this. Friends of North Idaho College is responsible for this page. Let's go back here for a second. Which page is it? North Idaho Republicans. 
So it's not really the North Idaho Republicans that, that uh, are running that page. It's, it's the Friends of North Idaho College. Let's delve into a little bit about uh, what's behind the Friends of North Idaho College, because this is where it starts to get interesting. Idaho Tribune reports, Friends of North Idaho College is a political pack started by Antifa-connected liberal activists responsible for creating the chaos at North Idaho College board meetings. And by the way, I've seen some of the videos of these. It's ugly stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, for, for all the concern over rowdy parents, you know, concerned about, you know, transgender or cross-gender, tra- you know, uh, bathrooms and so forth, or, you know, puerile material in their kids' school libraries, or concern that extremism is ha- is on the rise in Idaho. You don't ever hear much in the press about, you know, this kind of extremism. And, and trust me, it is every bit as ugly as you might imagine it to be. I mean, look at that. Look at that face. I'm sorry. That's... The, the, the person is not well there. So let's take a little bit deeper dive into some of the, the folks behind us. That's, by the way, that's a, that is an Antifa member, just so we can go back here for a minute, just so you don't think, well, you're picking on this poor woman for her, for her looks. No, I'm picking on her for her politics. The Antifa whisperer follows uh, the friends of NIC. So delving into this, Save NIC nonprofit founded by Krista Hazel teams up with Antifa to destroy what's left of North Idaho College. Far left cabal includes journalists and the Southern Poverty Law Center, which, by the way, protects Antifa as well as other left wing violent causes without hesitation. But in the meantime, they're compiling lists and feeding them to law enforcement. These are the people you need to be watching out for. These are the extremists. These are the hate groups. Yes. Groups like Moms for Liberty. Oh, you think I'm kidding? No, that's. That's legitimately what they're doing. So this article is from back in February of this year from the Idaho Tribune. It says North Idaho College has been under attack for the past three years. The people who read the Coeur d'Alene Press have been led to believe that the threat was coming from North Idaho's grassroots conservative movement, blaming groups like the KCRCC and conservative trustees that were democratically elected to govern the college. As with most of what's reported in the press, nothing could be further from the truth. In reality, the embattled low college has been under liberal occupation for years. And now that these left-wing extremists are losing their grip on the institution, they're doing everything in their power to burn the college to the ground. Sounds like a little microcosm of what we see happening nationally here in America, doesn't it? Screaming, shouting, temper tantrums at board meetings, lawsuits, battery, intimidation, and doxing have all recently become standard practice for the friends of North Idaho College who claim their goal is to save NIC from conservatives. But these tactics are not the go-to, the usual go-tos for elderly wine ants and cat ladies. These are the tactics of the violent domestic terrorist organization Antifa. In the face of a resolute conservative majority in Kootenai County that elected a majority conservative board in both 2020 as well as 2022, Krista Hazel formed a 501c4 nonprofit called Save NIC, to help funnel money toward the liberal attempt to reclaim the board at North Idaho College. Now the nonprofit appears to have teamed up with members of Antifa to cause chaos at the college. So this is uh, Save NIC's uh, Twitter page. These are people that they are actively following. There's, oh, there's Tyler Hurst. I don't know. I've just seen some legendary battles between him and his brother, Dustin. But uh, uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, we got Luke Malik. We've got NWCCU. Try anywhere else. That's the Antifa whisperer. They follow. They're, they, they are, 
Do you think they're just keeping an eye on, on the Antifa whisperer? Or do you think that maybe there's some common ground there? And by the way, <clears throat> imagine if it was a conservative putting out a message like this. Hey, Idaho kids, feeling silenced by a sold-out legislative committee? There's an old trick that gets the attention of any wannabe despot. Molotov cocktails. I don't know. Sounds a lot like a threat, or at least that sounds like a, a credible kind of threat of violence. But are we supposed to pretend, oh, no, no, nothing to it? Why, they're just an idea. No such thing. I know the media treats it very differently. You know, any person to the right of Karl Marx is treated as well. Did you hear what they said? They're extremists, you know, to the core. Even the most benign thing can be twisted as, as an extremist thing. In fact, that was one of the big questions that uh, that uh, uh, Mr. Durst, Brandon Durst, was being asked by some of these women. Well, why did you uh, why did you work for the Idaho Freedom Foundation? I mean, they they acted like that was just the most terrible thing ever. And you know, that's uh, that's like being associated with well, not the commies because they probably love the commies, but you know, that's like being a member of the the Nazi Party or the Aryan Nations. That's how twisted and bent the thinking is, and yet. Why do they get that way? I'm thinking for the most part, they didn't arrive to, at that conclusion on their own merits and their own research. It's probably because, let's just say, the press is pretty sympathetic to left-wing causes. Don't believe me? Well, check out this list. The Antifa Whisperer account, which uh, Save NIC follows, is followed by a lot of journalists. These are the journalists who follow the Antifa Whisperer. They include Rebecca Boone from the Associated Press, Christopher Mathias from the Huffington Post, Sally Krutzig from the Idaho Statesman. <laughs> oh, look at that. Sarah Miller from the Idaho Statesman, Aaron Sheridan from the Idaho Press, as well as the Daily Beast, Jacob Scholl from the Salt Lake Tribune, formerly of the Idaho Statesman, Doug Locke Smith from Idaho News 6, Sandy Backham from Now This News, documentary filmmaker, and Michael Edison Hayden from the Southern Poverty Law Center. So if you wonder why is there such a uniformity or such a, a sense of lockstep among so many of these people within legacy media, corporate media, well, there's some evidence that uh, birds of a feather, in fact, do tend to flock together. Shifting gears. Let's talk about uh, just the the idea that, uh, that we have to open up the primaries in Idaho. We have to make sure that the Republican primary is open for people who pretend to be something they're not which, by the way, would kind of go back to the whole uh, uh, Friends of North Idaho College pretending to be North Idaho Republicans. They're pretending to be something that they're not. Why would they do something like that? Well, I think the obvious answer is because they are power seekers and opportunists, and the goal is to get their hands on power as decisively as they possibly can. So right now, uh, there are members of the Idaho Republican Party that are meeting. I believe they're meeting in Chalice this weekend. High-profile Idaho Republicans... Speak out against GOP proposals as party leaders gather to vote. Now, these are some rule clarifications that are going to be voted on, and the Idaho GOP State Central Committee will consider these rule changes during their summer meeting. Now, of course, there's there's kind of an air of, well, you know, that's very suspicious. Look at them meeting to discuss these rules. But part of the rules are to make sure that the party is actually operating as a party and not just, uh, you know, a free-for-all where anybody can come in and start monkeying with the system. And here's the question that, that is really being addressed by some of these proposed rule changes. This is courtesy of StopIdahoRhinos.org. Shall the Idaho GOP be governed by those we do not elect? 
Now, look, if we're supposed to believe elections are somehow sacrosanct, right? So much so we can't even question. Well, an election has happened. Nobody should question it. Unless, of course, you know, somebody like Donald Trump gets elected, then we have to, uh, you know, maintain that it was obviously fraudulent and illegitimate and has to be undone by any means necessary. But, you know, double standards. I apologize for the wall of text, but this lays out some of the reasons why this issue is being addressed. And and by the way, one of the one of the primary arguments that uh, you know Clark Corbin and others, you know, reporting on this this meeting of GOP leaders is that well they're trying to silence young Republicans and and other voices. They're trying to take away people's voices in the Republican party. So, here is a response to that claim. I find this pretty convincing. The issue is not about silencing young voters, excluding college Republicans, or taking away the voice of Republican women. Notice how we've got a bunch of different uh, victims groups all being lined up here, just in case. Why are the oppressor the oppressors are trying to silence them? The issue is very simple. Should those the Idaho GOP does not elect decide how our party should be run? Now, currently, the state executive committee includes seven region chairs elected by region central committees and seven general officers elected by the state central committee. In addition, the executive committee includes four members who do not elect, who we do not elect. They include the appointed state finance chairman, the young Republican state chairman, the president of the Idaho Federation of Republican Women, and the president of the college Republicans. So that makes a total of 18 voting members. Additional non-voting members include the executive director, immediate past state chairman, teenage Republican representative, and representatives of constitutional and congressional officers. Now, the author of this piece says, I don't have an exact count, but there are about 13 to 15 non-voting members who are invited to attend the meetings, ask questions, give opinions and advice, but they do not have the authority to vote. So the only issue under Rule 2023-7 is whether the four non-elected but voting members should remain as voting members on the executive committee. They're not being removed from the committee. It's just whether or not, as unelected members, they should still retain that right to vote. Now, this rule was motivated in part by the increase in the number of region chairmen from 7 to 10, starting in 2024, with the addition of three region chairmen, all elected by their regional region central committees. Reduction of the number who sit on the state elect executive committee as young as voting as young, as voting members rather is a wise consideration. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians, right? Perhaps more important is the wisdom of of having non-elected club leaders, club leaders rather, entitled to vote on the state executive committee. Now, the general officers and region chairmen worked hard to get elected to their specific positions, but their votes can be diluted or canceled on the executive committee by those who've never been elected by any central committee of the state or of the regions. And these club presidents will never face those voters and cannot be held accountable for their choices. Do you see the problem? Now, he says, I believe in representative government. But the Idaho GOP has no ability to monitor or provide oversight of these clubs as it does with the counties and regions. So even though he believes in representative government and the four members who would move from voting to non-voting status, they still don't represent the state central committee or any region central committee. They're simply not accountable. Look, where there's power, and this is talking about power, accountability has to go hand in hand. There, There cannot be another way. 
Mark Fuller, who is the Idaho GOP second vice chair, says, I believe the time has come for the voting members of the state executive committee to include only those actually elected by the state central committee or the region central committees and accountable to those voters. The three club presidents and the appointed state finance chairman should retain their positions as ex officio members of the executive committee, but they should not have a vote at the table. Those who decide our policies and spend our money should be subject to our vote and oversight. And he says, I encourage your support for proposed rule 2023-7. Thanks to each of you for your continued support of conservative Republican principles. You are Idaho. I don't know about you, but that sounds actually pretty reasonable. That doesn't sound like, you know, something that, uh, well, look at them cooking up these backroom deals and just trying to enslave everybody and take away the power of the voters. Although it's very clear there are some people who are taking exactly that approach. So let's uh, take a quick look. This is uh, the most recent uh, Substack essay from Brian Allman from the Idaho Freedom Foundation. Bitter Rhetoric, a response to Mary Sousa. Now, Mary had a column recently published in the... uh, uh, Coeur d'Alene Press. Holy cow. That is that is one bitter ex-politician. And and it's so interesting to to see how she focuses that uh, that bitterness on well, you know, anybody else who's doing this is, you know, they're they're just they're just in it for themselves or they're they're mindless drones who do only what they're told and and yet Brian does a very good job of deconstructing all of the falsehoods that she promotes in her column. I really recommend if you haven't subscribed to his gemstate.substack.com, you know, you really should. So Mary's uh, title is, or Mary's article is titled, It's a Small Club and You're Not In It. She's trying to paraphrase George Carlin. Dear Idaho Republican citizens, so sorry to interrupt your summer activities, but you need to pay attention to some scary rules and resolutions designed to take away your rights. Now, Brian Allman points out here, Scary? Well, look, she's already told you how you're supposed to feel before actually giving you any information. Here's another example. They will be voting on some controversial rules and resolutions so contentious they were held over from the Idaho GOP's winter meeting. These issues are still highly problematic, but are now out of the spotlight as you and I are trying to enjoy our summer while already distracted by the national furor going on in D.C. and Florida. Now, Brian Allman points out, notice her framing. You and I, by the way, that's a con man technique of building uh, rapport and trying to build trust. Well, you and I, we make a pretty good team, don't we? Huh? You know, that's that snake oil you're being sold. We're just trying to enjoy our summer. We're the same, you and me. If you've ever seen Falling Down, you'll you'll understand that reference. You and I. But those evil Idaho Republicans are engaging in controversial, contentious, and problematic things. You see what's uh, what's happening here? There's a lot to this article, and Brian goes through it point by point. He really does a masterful job of deconstructing Mary Sousa's arguments, and I'm sorry, she she needs to be deconstructed on these. She needs to be challenged, and I I really hope that she finds a point where she finds enough peace that uh, she can stop living on the, well, I was a legislator too, and everybody who, you know, doesn't listen to me is, is somehow evil and out to control everybody else. It's just, it's sad. There's no building. There's there's nothing productive that's coming from her. It's just, you know, I, I have to tear down whatever's being done, starting with anybody who is standing for freedom or standing for limited government or fiscal responsibility. What an, what an interesting turn of events and what a, what a sad situation for her to find herself in. Look, I got to confess, I, 
I think that uh, political power is probably the worst dynamic by which to conduct our interactions with other people. And sadly, there are people out there who believe that it should be the basis. It should be the dynamic behind every human interaction we have is, you know, establishing who has the political power in this situation. We've all seen these kind of people. They are not pleasant to be around. They're control freaks. They want control of other people. Now, I'm much more of a mindset of, look, live and let live. Anything peaceful ought to be on the table, which means leave people alone. Don't target them. Don't target their kids. Stop pushing stuff in their face. Great. Happy Pride Month to you. And maybe by 2030, we'll have a pride flag planted on the moon. But, you know, most of us just want to go on living our lives without uh, having to, to be, uh, you know, forcibly brought into this, this cult of everybody thinks the same way. Everybody thinks with perfect uniformity. That is not synonymous with a free society. That's the mark of a totalitarian society. And that's why we push back. Now, I admire people like Brian Allman who can push back firmly but gently. And he is probably one of the most diplomatic writers that I know. So I, I strongly recommend I get a little bit caught up in passion from time to time. And you know, I, I try not to, but still happens. Oh, well. So my advice is be very careful when you're reading what to, or viewing what is being presented to you by legacy media. I'm not telling you, you should trust me instead. I'm the only one who can tell you what's going on. Nope. I'm saying you need to trust yourself. You need to be willing to engage in what's known as heuristic learning, which is you are out there seeking the truth and discovering the truth on your own. Now, it's it's uh, counterpart. The, the, the polar opposite is heuristic learning. And that's basically learning to twist words and phrases because you're trying to you're trying to achieve a victory more so than find truth. Brian Holmes from KTVB is a perfect example of this. So smug, you know, that means somebody wrote him a, a, an email saying, uh, criticizing him. I don't like you. You're a duty head or whatever. You know, it was it was not a neighborly thing. And would, would a person in a position of power and confidence in their position then out that and, and try to expose that person? Well, come, everybody, come ridicule this man. He has questioned me. No. Nope. That's a, that's a person who's approaching situations from a very heuristic kind of, of viewpoint. He's not interested in truth. He just, he just wants to win. He wants those gotcha points. So for you and I to be informed, for us to be effective, that means we have to be heuristic learners, studying things out for ourselves, reading original books. I saw as I was browsing, you know, through some of the information today, uh, there was a great letter to the editor in the Idaho Statesman about, well, you know, history shouldn't teach children to love or hate their country. It should prepare them to live in it. And, you know, people were flipping out about that. Well, you know, I don't want them teaching them to be patriotic. I don't want to be teaching them this or that. But do you want to learn history? There's a truth you're going to have to accept. And it's, it's first of all this. Any history class you take in a government school or a government-funded school, even if it's just taking taxpayer money to help out, it's going to have a favorable representation of whoever's in power. How could it not? right? Who's signing the checks? You don't bite the hand that feeds you. Well, of course, this is always the way it's supposed to be and the best it's ever been. And if you really want to learn, you've got to be willing to read old books, meaning you've got to read original sources, preferably written, written by people who lived through the times or the events that you are trying to learn about. Now, are there things that they will be uh, wrong about or places where their knowledge will be incomplete? Absolutely. And hopefully you're humble enough to recognize, but, but we're in the very same position. We have our blind spots and there are things that we don't understand very well. 
So, you know, maybe cut them a little bit of slack, but if you really want to see what was going on in people's minds, that's the way you do it. You don't wait for some professor to tell you, well, you know, according to my thoughts and my research, this is what I think that they were thinking. He knew that she thought he was a fool. Oh, wow. You're like three degrees into somebody's head and guessing. You want to find out for yourself? You got to be willing to dig and learn for yourself. So here's one more cautionary tale. I know a lot of people, myself included, were uh, kind of focused on this uh, submersible that went down to view the wreck of the Titanic and inadvertently became a part of that wreckage. But would it surprise you to know that the U.S. Navy knew since Sunday afternoon that that vessel had been destroyed? But there was no official word on it. They let it clog the news feed all week long, diverting our attention away from things like, oh, I don't know, J.P. Morgan deleting emails or Joe Biden's impeachment or Pentagon misallocation of Ukraine funds, billions in Ukraine, billions of taxpayer funds to Ukraine, rather. Hunter Biden's charges. Hunter Biden sitting on a phone call telling someone in China, you better come up with the money you promised or my dad's going to make things happen. Or the John Durham congressional hearing. That's the other thing we have to watch out for. If you do, you know, partake of, of mainstream news, you're going to have to figure out how to see through the smokescreen. One other final thought here. And again, this, this has to, uh, I, I, got, I don't know whether to congratulate or just shake my head at the, at the uh, statesman, but I do, I do tip my hat to Kevin Reichert uh, for saying, you know, the statesman's kind of stretching the definition of entertainment. With the Titanic missing, submarine updates, debris found as passengers confirmed dead. Why would they put that in the entertainment section? I have no idea, but it uh, seems like kind of a curious uh, curious oversight. But then again, maybe they're telling the truth. It really was a form of entertainment for a lot of people in terms of it was keeping us occupied. It was keeping our attention. Everybody's sitting on the edge of our seats. And yet officially it was known as early as Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon, that the vessel was destroyed. Got to use your noggin. Got to be on your guard. People will try to deceive you. And it's on you to figure out uh, how and when and why and not fall prey to what they're trying to do. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. Reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.